my name is Tia Monet. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. I am the CEO and founder of Tia's World Enterprises. If you want more info for that, that's below. But all that you need to know is that in Tia's world, we never settle. Like, ever. Mm -mm. We, we don't do that. Mm -mm. No, ma'am. Now, I did want to start by talking about how I first got started in dance. I do feel as if everyone has their own coming into their passion type story and why not share mine mine is weird and if you have a weird dance story I actually I'm curious especially if it involves kids because you know they're their own breed at this point how did I get started in dance my mom put me in dance when I was three and a half because I was just extremely shy and she really wanted me to come out of my shell that plan didn't really work out for her however because what would happen was I wouldn't talk to anybody people would really think that I was mute because I would only talk to about probably three people my mom my grandma and my sister everyone else excuse me even family members I am running away from or hiding behind my mom a lot of my mom's friends actually called me velcro because I was literally stuck to my mom's hip anyway but what would happen is that on stage I would unleash my Sasha fierce like Beyonce and then off stage I would go back to being like the really shy quiet person so that really went on for years I just had to like figure it out and come out of my shell now it's so funny because when I tell people on my I was like I tell people I used to be so shy growing up they're like what I tell my Toastmasters group and we're just um they're a bit older and I tell them I was like I used to be so shy and they're like no way <laughs> And I told them, I was like, even now, sometimes I get a little bit shy. I do. And they they say, well, if this is too shy tea, I'd hate to see the loud tea. <laughs> but anywho, how did I get started teaching dance lessons? Weird short story. The first dance lesson that I taught about 14 years ago, geez, I got peed on. I really did. A little girl, she peed on me. And I know that you might be asking me, like, why, why would you continue teaching and working with kids? And honestly, a decade and a half later, I still don't know. I have no idea. I have, I really just could not have even guessed that I'd even want to do this. My mom never thought that I'd want to be a teacher of anything. I didn't even think I liked kids. I'm still not sure if I do. I'm kidding. I love them. <laughs> well, honestly, I always tell people, you can really love something or someone without liking it. And I feel as if that's my lot sometimes. I can love it all I want, but that doesn't mean I like it. I love people. I don't always like them, you know? So, anywho. I did. I got peed on. And it was a little Korean girl. She just got here. And there was just a major language barrier. Now, when I did start teaching dance lessons, I was shadowing some of the senior dance instructors at the studio that I was at at the time. And they, because they're a bit older, they had a lot less patience for the shenanigans, especially when it comes to lack of discipline. Now, this was, you know, in my era growing up in dance. I mean, discipline is very different nowadays, I guess. I don't know. But... The fact of the matter is, all the girls, we were standing in line waiting for 
us to transition from ballet to tap. So we were all getting our tap shoes on. We just did ballet. And the little girl, she's in the teacher, the actual teacher. She's in her face saying something. We have no idea what she's saying. So maybe this was the warning. I guess that was the warning. But the teacher just shoes her away. She's like, okay, go away, little girl. Like, I don't know what you're saying. Just go back to the line. And I'm just looking at her because she looks a little different. But I'm just like, I have no idea what she's saying. And me asking her in English, hey, what are you saying? She wasn't speaking English at all. She knew no English. So after a couple more times of doing that, we're all in line, the music's on, we're tap dancing, and then everything just goes to slow motion. And all I hear are the shrieks of little girls, and they run to the corner, they're screaming, and this girl is just, it's like there's a spotlight on her. She's the only one on stage at this point, and there's just pee everywhere. So the teacher, who is clearly just too old for this, she just clocks out. She said, you know what? That's cool. That's on you. Figure it out. Now, being a teacher assistant, we had two jobs anyway, and that was bathroom duty and shoes. We got to tie up, tie up shoes, make sure there's no loose laces. That's a very dignified job, I know. But a humble beginning it was. And I guess this qualified as bathroom duty. I had to pick up this girl and carry her. She's still peeing, by the way. It was a lot of pee. Carry her from the dance room that we were in, out the door, down the hallway, into the restroom. And then figure out what to do and how to clean up this pee. Funny enough, my mom was working at, in the studio's front office at this time. And we were just like, what do we do? So my mom, she said, you know, just give her this leotard because her clothes were soaked, obviously. We had to just give her a leotard and, and just figure it out and try and calm all the girls down and clean up the floor. Oh my goodness. I said, I'm just, it's just not worth it. I'm not getting paid enough for this at all. I was 14 at the time and I was being paid pennies under the table. It was just a lot. And if you ask me now still, like I said, I have no idea why I would still stick with it. Having such a weird beginning to my story, but I did. Now, I do want to say I was, you know, I was bluffing a little bit. <laughs> well, that was a very crazy and just an interesting way to start what has become a career for me. I, I can't say that there's anything that could even measure up to the level of pride and heartwarming feeling that I feel and that I felt from the beginning. And now seeing the kids that I've taught grace the stage and knowing that I taught them everything they know. That's why I like to work with little kids because I, I say, wow, the, these people are starting from nothing. And I, I'm literally changing their life. I'm forming their outlook on life. I'm helping them see that with hard work, with dedication, they can do anything. There's not really a greater feeling to me than that, knowing that, wow, you know what? I taught her how to do a plie and she just killed that plie on stage. Or if it's hip hop, I taught her kickball change and she's killing it. Or seeing them exceed their own expectations. In hip hop, with mats and of, of course, I do push us to do different things, different skills, different tricks that other people aren't doing. There's a lot of cool stuff. I'm sure most dancers know 
especially when it comes to pro cheer and pro dance. Everybody's doing kip-ups, everyone's trying to do a headspring. But what about the other things that people aren't doing? There's so many. We have literally pulled hip hop dance from break dancing. That's one of the forms of hip hop dance. And there's so many underrated dance moves that look insanely hard and they're actually easy. And seeing yourself being able to do it is just crazy. And knowing that, wow, she pushed me to do that. That looked really hard, but I'm doing it. And now I feel extraordinary. Why? Because I'm not doing what everyone else is doing. I'm doing something that one, I didn't think I could do and something that I don't see everybody else doing. And to me, that's extraordinary. I love it. So that's really what I think has kept me teaching dance. And it's I almost become addictive because now I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I want to teach them so much. I'm learning new things at my age. I'm 23. I'm learning new things in dance just so that I know what it feels like on my body so that I can teach the future of dance. And there's, like I said, nothing like it. So if you are trying to figure out maybe a career, if it's right for you, or if there's a path that is for you, I'm not your career teacher or anything. I'm not your coach. But what I will say is maybe there's just two or three things that you could ask yourself just to see if that's the right career path for you. Firstly, I read a quote by Abraham Hicks. If you don't listen to their teachings or anything, I highly recommend it. They're not long, but they will leave you feeling inspired. I think that's important. But one quote by them said, if it's not exciting to you, it's not the path for you. And growing up, even this recent year, so many people don't see dance as a job. They see it as just a hobby, something to do. And when I tell people I teach dance, they say, great, when are you really gonna find a job? When are you really gonna find something better to do, a stable income, find something actually gainful to do with your life? Not realizing that I'm changing lives every day through dance just because I've decided to, and I have the passion and the energy to do it. So if there's something that you're thinking about jumping into and you're not excited about it, it's not thrilling to you, you might just wanna take a, a second look at it because that, excitement that thrill not saying every day is going to be amazing because it's not but just knowing that every day how you're going to ask yourself how can i get better how can i further distinguish myself and set myself apart and the most important question how can i serve better today that is how you can think when you're actually doing something you want to do when it's something that you think maybe you should do or people are telling you you should do you're not thinking that way because is not exciting to you and that's okay. It's just not for you. Everyone has different life paths. Me, however, if I don't like what I'm doing, I cannot stay there more than two weeks. And I'm, I promise you, I've been everything from a waitress to a, an ice cream scooper to a case manager. If I don't like it, if it's not for me, I'm not staying, I can't. And I know that I'd rather quit and save my sanity I know that I'm gonna land on my feet then stay somewhere and be miserable because I wouldn't even be contributing. And how can I serve if I don't like what I'm doing? If I'm not truly happy and it's okay. Now I'm not trying to be naive and say, oh, every day is gumdrops and lollipops because even in dance, there have just been times when I've just been ready to walk out. I've had times when I was just like, I'm just not here for it, this ain't it. But I also have the fortitude to be able to see it from a different perspective and know, you know what? I'm still changing lives through dance because that's what I do. 
and I'm still getting better because that's who I am. So that's the first question. The second question is, how bad do you want it? How much are you willing to struggle for it? How hungry are you to set yourself apart and be better? If you listen to the first episode, you heard me say, if you want to be extraordinary at something, it's not going to tickle. It's not. It's going to hurt. And it it's going to take a while. And it's not going to glitter before it's gold. You know, it. I, I listened to something. And it was a story about, it's called Acres of Diamonds. And there was a farmer in Africa who sold his farm in pursuit of diamonds in Africa. And eventually, you know what he did? He ended up drowning himself because he went all around Africa and could not find a diamond. Lo and behold, the person who bought his farm that he sold for almost nothing was walking in that farm one day in a stream, found the biggest diamond that existed in Africa. And it turns out that on that entire farm, there were literally acres of diamonds. That man sold his own farm just to go search for something that he already had. And he ended up with nothing. He ended up with less than what he came with and killed himself. That story, listening to it is so appalling. And I heard that story in, it's called Lead the Field. It's a book read by Earl Nightingale. But that, I, I wonder how much of us actually do that. I wonder how much of us actually just give up on something before we really even see it through because it hurts too much or because we don't see the fruits of our labor because we don't see it paying off. How much of us like just give up on it or just walk away or just say, maybe this isn't for me. I know I've done that. I definitely have. But what I didn't realize was that all these little careers and jobs I was trying to do that I wasn't liking, that I was giving up on, I did not even see my diamonds in the rough and how dance has been my true constant and how these de this decade has gone by and I've had dance, I've been dancing. And once I got to college, I started teaching my own classes by myself and not shadowing and assisting people, not even realizing that all those years have totally paid off. And I'm finally, finally being able to see just a glimpse of everything that I've invested in as far as myself and my skills and, and even my mom's investment in me, putting me in dance at all. I'm finally just starting to see a glimpse of why. I hope that if there was something that you were doing and it did kind of set your heart on fire, it did provide a little spark to you, but you don't really see it paying off. You don't see the support. You don't see people really even acknowledging what you're doing or that you're trying to get better. I hope that you don't give up on that. Maybe that's something that you're supposed to dig deeper in. Maybe that's something saying, well, you have to maybe develop this a little bit more. Maybe you have to invest a little bit more. Maybe you have to put yourself out there a little bit more. But when you really think about it, these are questions that it's okay to ask and it's fine to even think about, well, how could I get better? How could I get closer? Instead of just rushing to give up on it. And just being completely candid with you as a dancer, there are so many things that I've gone out for and I got told no. And I really had to ask myself, wow, I was just told no. And sometimes I said, you know what? Before even going to the audition, I said, if I don't get it, it wasn't for me and I'm not going to try again. And for me personally, that's not the right attitude because if you want something bad enough, 
well, one, that desire was put in your heart for a reason. And two, if you want it bad enough, why would you give up on it? Someone told me it was, I guess it's a Marine saying that you just, you just don't give up. Like you get told, no, you try again. That's what you do. And you keep trying. And if that door is meant to be closed, well, fine. But at least I tried. Don't have any regrets out here. Life is too short. As we all know, this past year has shown us that if nothing else. So why not go for it? Why not try it? And like I said, I, I tried out for a few, I'm not even going to embarrass myself like that, but I tried out for a few pro teams recently and got told no for all of them for different reasons, for different whatever. And I'm not going to say it wasn't hurt. Of course was. I wanted it and I acted as if I already had it. I thought that I was cut out for it and who's to say I'm not, but it just wasn't my time. And that does not mean that I should not try again. Everything that I was told no for, I will try again because who knows what will happen. And, you know, something else might even come up that's better. And then what I was told no for will be a non-factor. But as of right now, I do plan on trying again. And so should you. So there you have it. I shared with you my how, how I got started. Now I want to know yours. How did you get started in dance? How do you get started in your sport? How'd you get started in your job? How'd you get started coding computers? If you do, I need your help with that, by the way. But yes, share with me how. Share with me in the comments. And don't forget, follow me on Instagram. And thank you so much for watching. I'll talk to you later. Bye.